We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. Thanks for joining along with us. Yes, of course, I said us, your friend and mine. He joins us, D2 Dolomite, Dave Martinez, on the other microphone, always on his game. D2, good to see you. Let's get an audio check, my friend. Yeah, I am here. Yeah, audio is good. <laughs> right on. You are here indeed. Lots going on, including before we know it, we will be at Black Friday. Far more interesting to us, Small Business Saturday, as it is referred. We are going to celebrate with this episode today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I can't remember how many years, but, it, you know, it's been going on, but it's something that started by American Express mm-hmm. as a way to support those smaller businesses because Black Friday typically draws crowds, uh, you know, to the larger businesses, you know, the big box, you know, the malls and all that. And the smaller businesses, a uh, local mom and pop, you know, um, that are kind of like the, the heartbeat of the local economy. They uh, have been kind of left behind. So American Express, and kudos to them for starting this campaign to drive awareness and to connect uh, shoppers with those local communities and those local businesses um, is kind of cool. And, you know, there used to be an incentive, I think, if you use your Amex card, you know, at, at those businesses. I don't know what the offer is at this point that, you know, they may have discontinued it, but the campaign still goes. And I think it's regardless whether there's an offer or not, it's still something, you know, I think that deserves some attention. Totally agree. You mentioned the local economy. I would offer that what we've heard rightfully so this year in a presidential election year, the heartbeat also of the national economy is small business. So get out there and continue to support those businesses this year, unlike any other, at least in my recollection, no need to dive deep into that. But the way that the greater Atlanta area, and I believe in communities across the country have supported local businesses has been nothing short of spectacular. And for me personally, hugely inspirational, our traditional small business Saturday episode, really a little differently, as you know, due to this year, instead of just saying, hey, here's some of the backstory of Big Peach Running Company or things we want you to know about our business where we can get better and how we can engage further with you. We're going to introduce you to a couple of businesses that may not need any introduction. We're going to introduce you to the entrepreneurs behind those stories. Specifically, we're going to bring Josh Guerreri into the conversation. He is the founder of FitWit, F-I-T-W-I-T. And you may know Josh. He's got some really cool things going on. He's in the Oakhurst community, but he serves well beyond that. Also, we're going to make sure you get caught up with Nick Purdy. Some of you have heard his name before from me. They have been an alliance partner of ours, have hosted events for Big Peach Running Company and all of our guests. Nick Wild Heaven Beer, great story. More importantly than just the past is what they're looking for Would to in the future. Certainly it's good instruction for us, all of us, as we look at 2021. So Josh and Nick 
going to join us on this local business episode. Yeah, and especially uh, I think it's important because both businesses, yeah, and, and much like a lot of businesses right now, because of COVID nineteen, everyone's been affected by it. But you can understand how you know uh, you know a business like Fitwit that deals with a gym has been greatly impacted and what they've had to do to pivot. When mm-hmm. you look at Wild Heaven being you know although a brewery, they do have space where the public meets and they serve drinks and even food. And the restaurant industry and the hospitality industry has been affected by you know uh, the pandemic as to you know large group gatherings and so economically they've been affected by this as well so it'll be interesting to kind of learn what they've done how this has impacted them but you know and this is not just you know one of the reasons that they're you know on this is obviously just the health you know and you know kind of you know focus that is our podcast of who we are as a business and they're both very health focused obviously fit with with being a gym but nick who you know you know, runs a business at, in, a, in a brewery is also very health minded and is, you know, works out as a runner. And, you know, we met him because he actually frequents one of our stores and there's that connection there. And this is one of the reasons why we've, we've featured them you know, as part of this, because it's, you know, we, while we can talk about us being a small business, I think, you know, for us to be a leader uh, as well in our community is to also, you know, promote other businesses and other, um, you know, smaller businesses because we have a platform in order to raise awareness, but also that we can learn from and um, and support that community. Well, I love that term you use, connection, because obviously the same is true for all of our listeners. You also mentioned, I think, how the term pivot, of course, may be overused, used in this episode. Get ready for that. But D2, one of the cool things, a pivot that we've had to make that you personally have led for us from actual training programs that are hosted on site to virtual, and they continue to be a hit, but we still have room for registration for the latest one we've announced and that you have constructed for all of us. Tell us a little bit about the one that's going to be the first one in 2021 in terms of what we're looking at, even if we get started before this year is over. Right. So there's been obviously a lot of uncertainty with with races and and some of the smaller races have come back, um, especially if those that are, you know, trail oriented, they're smaller races to begin with. So they have um, they're you know, much wider open spaces. So they've been able to come back much quicker. Um, than your typical road races that maybe are several thousand people, especially when you're talking about the, the races that the Atlanta Track Club holds. And they've done a very good job in kind of experimenting over the last couple of months and trying different things to ensure everyone's safety, to ensure social distancing, to put you know, uh, safety measures in place to protect everyone. So they announced um, you know, a couple of weeks ago that the you know, Publix, the you know, Atlanta Marathon Half Marathon will go on, that you know, it will be an actual in person that's you know the biggest you know race uh here in atlanta and you know it was spring yeah in the spring and it was you know i think that was the last race i did before everything shut down it was the last race i think across the country that many anyone did it was some olympic marathon trials and then two weeks later it's like everything shut down um so to, to say that they're doing this and they're going forward is great but it is not your typical you know at the it's not the same event location as it has been over previous years they have moved it down to hampton georgia and it'll be you know take place at the atlanta motor speedway Mm -hmm. um not familiar exactly what the course will be like so it's not like you're going to be running laps and running a marathon on on the track um you will probably start and finish which would be kind of cool because how many people can say that they've actually you know ran on part of or you know or maybe the entire uh you know 
NASCAR track, you know, that's kind of cool, you know, so there's that aspect and they are reducing the capacity from, you know, and limiting registrations in order to ensure that safety. But with that announcement, you know, it was one of those things where we've been doing a virtual 5k, 10k training program for those that were, you know, either interested in just staying active and, and using this, this time period to, you know, maintain their fitness or shoot for a goal, um, and maybe they're doing a virtual race. So doing a virtual type program to support that was, you know, our goal. So with the announcement of, of the marathon, half marathon, you know, that's going forward uh, in the spring, we decided that there's probably enough uh, demand for people that are just itching to get to that longer distance um, and actually race in person. So we have uh, announced that we will be doing a virtual half marathon marathon training program the half marathon uh, training program um, will actually start take will take place and starts off on December 7th the week of December 7th that will be a uh, 12-week training program that'll get you to the end of February uh, so it'll coincide with the uh, Atlanta marathon half marathon um, those that are doing the marathon because it was such a quick announcement that you know basically you're you know you it's should have already started ideally i would say for anyone's doing it for the first time we should probably be on an 18-week program and we were able to kind of tweak it to make it a 16-week program um so if you're confident enough um or have enough experience today where you can comfortably run a 10k you know you can jump on that program it is available online for free and then what we'll do is the week of december 7th or leading up to it you'll kind of join in with the half marathon training program because I am currently the the coach for the virtual 10K, you know, 5K, 10K program that is ongoing right now. So I'm working with those individuals uh, and messaging them um, every week and providing support and answering questions. So I can't do that and start a half marathon, marathon training program. So that will, once that's done, we'll get a break. And then the week of December 7th, we'll start. But for those that are interested in doing a marathon, you can start on your own uh, at, the, at this point. It's not like you need a lot of support at this point. You're going to need it as you start building those miles yep. and learning, uh, you know, and, and we'll provide the content that you need to get you successfully across that finish line. But it will start the week of December 7th. So sign up. It's once again, it's free. And, you know, it's our way, once again, of supporting the community. And we're all looking, already looking at kind of ways of even improving it next year. Um, and hopefully by a time, you know, this time next year with right now with the promise of a, of a vaccine coming that we will actually be able to start returning to what was normal prior to, you know, um, this COVID and, and the pandemic. So hopefully we'll start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and we'll start returning to, a, a, you know, a time before, you know, March 2020. You use the phrase supporting the community. That is what local businesses do. We're going to take a very brief break. When we get back, Nick Purdy, Josh Guerreri, Wild Heaven Brewing, Fitwit, those businesses matter. They are partners of Big Peach Running Company, people we cannot wait to introduce you to or to give you the opportunity to learn more about. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. 
come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. As you could probably tell from our intro, super excited about doing this, not just because of the content and the quality of our guest D2, but I always love these episodes where we can just gather friends. Nowadays, yes, virtually, instead of where I would like to be doing this, very specifically in the tap room at Wild Heaven Brewing. We're not doing that. We are doing this virtually, but this is just going to be a conversation. Friends getting together, talking about what is important to them and what we certainly believe will be important to others and will give you something to think about. Without further ado, let's introduce our very special guest. First, my friend Nick Purdy, founder Wild Heaven Beer obviously Wild Heaven Brewing, a staple for those of you, those like me, who do enjoy their craft beer. This is a brand you've come to know. If you're like me, you have come to love it. We have Nick joining us on our local business episode. He does so with another friend of his. In fact, he connected us. We were organizationally connected, but first time I now have the good fortune of getting personal with Josh Guerreri. He is here as well. Look so much more forward to learning about him. His business is one I've admired for quite some time. So to get the author of that plan on the horn with us, pretty cool. Nick and Josh, hello to you and thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks for having us. Good to be here. Good to be with you guys. Well, we talked a little bit about both of your respective businesses in our intro, but by design, we elected not to dive deep because I love origin stories and I do not want to deprive our audience hearing it directly from the person who's most knowledgeable. Josh, I'm going to start with you. We obviously have some similarities in that type of market and those individuals we want to serve, the communities we want to impact through what might be referred to as health and wellness, or it might be considered fitness or what we refer to as a pedestrian active lifestyle. Fitwit, very, very cool brand. I'll make sure everybody gets all the details through our show notes. We'll continuously refer to things that you are doing. But before we do any of that, what's the origin story for Fitwit? Yeah, well, I think it was, I think we're going on 15 years now of, of uh, group fitness training. You know, we started in fields and, and churches and um, school cafeterias to, to get the group fitness program started um, with the mindset that we were going to build something that uh, was very community oriented. You know, we started out with um, this idea of fit and wit, right? We were working in schools to do uh, group fitness for adults, but always had this sort of back end idea that somehow we could also give back to uh, the kids at the school that, that we were serving. So my wife and I were both teachers in Atlanta public schools. Uh, we started working uh, with a school originally uh, Southside is now Jackson high school and we'd work out in the morning on their fields. Um, and then we would do an after school program for the kids 
uh, and the teachers at the, at the school. And so we just kind of had an arrangement with them uh, to, to use their facilities. And it just sort of blossomed from there. Uh, I, I think the heart of the company has always been working with kids. Like I said, my wife and I started in, in Atlanta Public Schools. I went through a program called Teach for America, and uh, which, which places you in an inner city school or under-resourced school. Uh, and so I went there in, in Atlanta, first time on a plane at, at age 22, uh, which is 2001, and taught at Washington High School and then just kind of, you know, developed this love of, of uh, fitness from there. I'd always been an athlete, did uh, decathlon in college, played basketball in college. And so when I got to the school, I was a coach, uh, coach basketball, I coached cross country, I coached track and, um, you know, just kind of wanted a little bit something more when, while I was teaching. And so fit would kind of blossomed out of that. And then we hooked up the schools and then, and then, you know, this was a, a time when like companies like Tom's was com- first coming out with this idea of, you know, you buy a pair of shoes and, and you give one to a child in need. And so we had a very similar idea about you sign up for one of our fitness programs, we could then essentially gift a, a program to a kid who kind of really needs it. Uh, and so that's the, that's the start in 2006. And we've sort of been pivoting uh, ever since, uh, it, you know, went, went to three or four, we went to four outdoor locations around Atlanta, uh, working with different schools, uh, for a good eight or nine years before it just became logistically really difficult to keep working on other folks' space, dealing with the weather, dealing with shared space. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd have equipment storage pods at these various locations. And then in 2013, 14, we, we went into gyms. And so we, we basically condensed into two different gyms. And, you know, six six years later, here we are with, we've got one big gym in downtown Oakhurst, Decatur. And then we've got, I, we sold the other gym, which is in the old fourth ward, uh, still operates under Fitwit name, but um, it's one of our uh, coaches, which Nick, you know her well, Stacy Sachs. Uh, she yep. owns the fourth ward location. So that's where we're at today. Uh, again, group fitness really across the age lifespan right or the lifespan so we, we work with kids as early as five for fun fitness programs we work with youth and youth athletic development starting at age 12 regular fitness programming for general fitness preparedness for adults you know the, the moms and the dads and then we have a what we call fit with lit which is low impact training for 55 and older so really from five to you know 70 80 years old we try to work with I love that. And that's one thing that we are going to tap into, Josh, for sure. I want you to unpack that more for us later because we say at Big Peach Running Company, it's a lifestyle. It is not a season or a stage or even just one target. And the fact that you've laid out programming and obviously now have deep expertise in those areas is something that I want to make sure we share with everyone. What I don't want to do is deprive my friend Nick Purdy of the spotlight any longer. Nick, we are shining it on you my friend, tell us, and I know it, and I cannot hear it often enough. I love the Wild Heaven origin story. Give it to us again. You guys have been doing this for a little while as well. And similar to Josh, you have seen certain things change and make adjustments. And he used the term pivot. Of course, we'll talk about that for both of your respective businesses on this episode. But how did it all begin for you and Wild Heaven? Well, um, it's 
it's funny because I don't actually consider myself to be very good at a lot of different things, but I am good at enthusiasm. And so back in the early 2000s, I had just become quite enamored of craft beer while running uh, Paste Magazine with my partner there, Josh Jackson, the kind of a pop culture magazine that we built. And at some point I realized that I was so excited about craft beer that I didn't know if I could remain a spectator. Uh, and so uh, eventually um, went to an old friend of mine who I'd known since the early 90s, who is an incredible, brilliant brewer, but for whatever reason had not started a brewery. And I said to Eric Johnson, I think I want to do this. What do you think? Would you be interested? And he said, yes. And um you know, I compare it to uh, when John Landau found Bruce Springsteen in the early 70s and said, I've seen the future of rock and roll, and his name is Bruce Springsteen. And that's <laughs> John Landau made his whole career on that. And I feel sort of the same you know, way about Eric. I just think he's, I could go on for a long time just about his talents and unique skills and, and what he brings. And so... I basically said, Eric, you you make great liquid and I'll figure out the rest. And so that's sort of the deal we made. And uh, we started in 2010. So we just crossed 10 years and due to COVID did not have a proper birthday party and told told everybody we'll, we'll see you for number 11 next year. Um, in 2000, we actually did not have our own brewery for the first few years. We um, were what's called a contract brewery, which means we basically outsourced our manufacturing because we were both still doing other things at the time. And in 2014, opened our first brewery in Avondale Estates. And last year, a little over a year ago, opened our second facility in Atlanta's West End neighborhood, where I'm talking to you from. And I can get into a little bit more detail about those. But the Avondale location is the main production facility for uh, most of our year-round beers, or all of our year-round beers. And it has a tap room for the public to come and enjoy. And then our West End location as a smaller, more experimental brewery, churning out lots of one-offs, um, but in a much bigger building that allows us to do private events. We have a restaurant, patio, tap room. And so we distribute our beer in Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Louisiana, a little bit in Florida, and then obviously all over Georgia. Well, and that's what we're up to. We, we, we basically are in the happiness and smiles business. <laughs> Well, I obviously believe that to be true because I've had many smiles on my face in areas that are wild heaven. So let's talk a little bit about why we wanted to make sure this conversation happened. Two things. First of all, as we mentioned in our intro, November 28th, once again, being acknowledged as Small Business Saturday. For us, we've done some things. We'll continue to tease out details of what will carry Big Peach Running Company through the holidays, some cool programming, and certainly some ways for us to say thank you to our guests and to the market for being with us so intimately through this strange year. I know that there are cool things going on for the remainder of 2020 at both FitWit and Wild Heaven as well. I'm going to change the term slightly. As both Josh and Nick indicated, for Big Peach Running Company, this is our 16th year. We just made it for our anniversary celebration. In fact, some of you may remember, we did have that last year with many of you at the Wild Heaven Tap Room in West End. We did not get shut down by coronavirus. We apparently had a bit more foresight, foresight than what Eric and Nick did <laughs> to make sure we got started one year earlier than when this happened. But the term I'm going to well switch done. from is small to local. 
because I'm not so sure this is small. If you go to fitwit.com, you'll see this wide range of programming. He's already mentioned having an arrangement with a second facility. He indicated where he's had to pivot and what part of the backstory is. For Nick, you look at the size of the tap room at West End, you look at that map that he just indicated where distribution occurs. These are not small businesses, but they're meaningful, impactful, community-minded businesses, just like Big Peach Running Company. And they are local, and that means something. So let's talk about local business for a second. And Nick, I'm going to start with you first. You had already been in Georgia. You were living in Georgia before you went to Eric and said, hey, I had this idea. What has it been like to operate Wild Heaven here? You could have, with that passion and that enthusiasm for craft beer, gone anywhere to say, let's give this a go. What made you start here? And whether good or perhaps not as good, what would you say now 10 plus years in? has been part of why it has worked out so well to be a local business in and around Atlanta and in the great state of Georgia. Well, I'm a, I'm a Georgia booster. I'm an Atlanta booster going back to before, you know, the Olympics in, the, in 1996. And so I, you know, I believe really strongly in what our city is about. I think our diversity is an incredible strength. I think the civil rights history here is incredible. Um, the business energy is, is great. And, you know, frankly, Georgia pitches itself as a business-friendly state. The ironic thing, and you kind of, maybe that without even realizing it, ask a really perceptive question, and that is, what is it like to do this business in Georgia? And for the first few years, i got to be honest with you, in spite of our reputation as being business-friendly, there was quite a few roadblocks that made the ability of a local craft brewer to create a viable business much, much more difficult than it needed to be. And definitely much more difficult than it is in most other states around the country, including the ones that border our state. Um, these are things like the ability to even sell a beer directly to a consumer in a tap room, which, which Mike, would you believe was not legal in the state of Georgia until three autumns ago, fall of 17. It was the first time we ever sold a beer to a customer in one of our facilities that we operate, which seemed a little bit against the American dream to me. We make a product. <laughs> And we're not allowed to sell it to the people that walk in our door. Um, so there have been, we've made some legislative progress and I've gotten to learn about, you know, what does it mean to have a, a guild for your, for your industry where you're, you know, a trade association. So we've you know, gotten to learn about parts of the world that we didn't really have an anticipation were going to be part of our life. But, you know, I've spent more time at the Capitol because of craft beer than for you know, any other reason in my life for darn sure. Fortunately, we've made a lot of progress. And obviously Atlanta being a city full of people from other places is not scared of new things. I think that's one of the most exciting parts about running a business in Atlanta is that Atlanta is ready. It's open. Um, we're not scared of your new thing. You know, go for it. Do something, do something wild and crazy. Atlanta's got the critical mass. It's got the, the openness, um, and so to me, it's an exciting place to work because there's this great opportunity to get a building that you can't get in other cities. Like our horrible urban planning resulted in like sprawl and all these old gaps in the, in the inner area of town inside the perimeter. Well, the number of businesses that have been able to spring up in the last 20 years 
in those old buildings and these weird gaps has created, like, to me, an unbelievable vitality in the city. So we've, we've taken, you know, the lemons of our bad urban planning, our lack of density, and we've turned it into the lemonade of having lots of cool new businesses much closer in. If this was Chicago, for example, you know, we would not be able to afford to be as close to the city core. And most businesses like us would not even. So wow, I could go for a long time on Georgia. <laughs> Man. Wow. What an awesome answer. And, and Nick, you could go for a long time. You need your own podcast, my friend, the wild heaven podcasting hour needs to be a thing. That is why we have guests like what we do. We bring a wide range because you deserve insightful answers like that. Josh, I'm coming your direction. <laughs> Obviously, you and I, again, are similar in perhaps that market that we look at and just so deeply desire to serve. But let's look at it slightly different as our business models might where you're offering services through the programming through the training classes, through the one-on-one -on -one possibilities. Why is the Atlanta area, maybe if you want to be specific to whether it's Decatur or the East Side, mm -hmm. or what I might say more wide-ranging and genuinely believe the great state of Georgia and maybe even the Southeast for fitness is such a good place for fit wit. Yeah, so I, do I have to follow up Nick? I mean, Nick, Nick's just such a smart dude that he, I say ditto, ditto to everything he said. You know, Nick's a... <laughs> Nick's, Nick's uh, my senior by about 15 or 20 years, and so I go to him for business advice often. <laughs> I don't know if it's not, 15 or 20 years because I've done not, the I math. Mean, and like based on what you said earlier, and here's the thing that I'll bring <laughs> back out, you gave us the good fortune of indicating when you got to Atlanta, coming out yes, of college, yes, and then yes. adding the 2001. So I've already done the math in my head. I do believe oh, Nick right. is older than you. I can tell you I believe I am older than you, but I don't think either of us <laughs> would say it's 15 or 20 years. Well, I also thank, you, thank, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Hey, listen, <laughs> I got to defend man. our generation, Nick. So what I will say, Josh, is this is, I got the sense that you're maybe not originally from Atlanta. You mentioned coming here. No, after. no, yeah, yeah. So I'm from the great state of Ohio. Okay. Uh, and moved down in. I moved down in 2001. Uh, and and like Nick said, I, I love Atlanta for all the reasons he gave. And you know we haven't left. Uh, so it's been this is going on 20 years for us in Atlanta. We started in sort of the Grant Park area and, and moved our family over to the Oakhurst Decatur side of town in 2010. And so, you know, when you talk about local for, for us, to me, especially what we do, gyms are really hyper local, right? Like we, we really market to an audience that is very, very close to the gym within 10 minutes. And so when, especially when we decided to, sort of to sell the other location three years ago, part of that decision was because that market on the other side of town in Old Fourth Ward, it's it's very different than the market over here in that, you know, the, the, the age and the median income and, and things like that, the demographic is just different. And so for me, I felt like the, where I wanted to go is, uh, is a little bit smaller actually than we'd been, you know, we had, we had at one time when we were at four locations, we had plans to go to 20 or 30 and be throughout Georgia. And I think scale for us was something that, we just found very difficult. And I had been watching a, a bunch of different fitness companies try to do this very same thing, whether they went a franchise route or they went licensing. And I would watch where they, you know, maybe, maybe they had the initial franchise uh, offering. And in the first year or two, they'd go to 10 or 20 locations. And then I'd watch them shrink back down. And so the same thing with, with fitness licenses. So 
scaling something like what we do because it's so personality driven with the coaches and the community you create. I just wasn't confident that there was a great way to do it um, without me spending every single second on the business, which is something I'm, um, I don't want to do, you know? So uh, I made a decision for our family to go even more local. You know, right now the gym is three blocks from my house so I can walk to the gym. My kids can meet me there after school. Uh, and so that's so, sort of from a, a business owner perspective, we sort of chose quality of life. In addition to our product resonates very well in the neighborhood we're in. You know, it's, it's 30, 40, and 50-year-old moms and dads who want really good fitness, but, but maybe don't want this competitive fitness as a sport, you know, uh, sort of scenario. So, yeah, we, we resonate well with, with our folks. And, and in that sense, it, it's super hyper-local in that I'm only three blocks away from the gym. So, uh, and we found a really good home in Oakhurst uh, because we're part of the community as well. It makes things a lot easier. So instead of the guy that that is, you know, CEO of a, of a franchise with with 30 or 40 locations, I'm very content with running the best gym in Georgia and building the best fitness community, running it out of one location. Well, and you mentioned, Josh, and I'll let you go first here. You mentioned some of the things that you do for those who've not already checked out this website and looking at the programming. He mentioned that wide range. And he has almost a small business inside his house. Josh and his wife have five kids. I'm sure there are oftentimes many other kids who are also there. So the youth is certainly important. He mentioned that, the FitWit kids. There is that youth athletic development programming that they do. Yep. And then check this out. Y'all, you also do birthday parties where movement and games and what I would imagine is just activity that is incredibly healthy for our young yep. is so you have that deep part of your offering. You also, you mentioned the LIT fit with LIT, the low impact training. I don't know that I've seen anywhere, even though I know it's a massive market, the class aimed at that 55 plus population. What sure. else have you seen over the course of this business where you've modified where what you were doing ultimately you believe needed to be done differently or maybe discontinued in favor of something else? Yeah, for us, I think, you know, when when we started 15 years ago, I think this, it was, it was right in line with when CrossFit started getting really big. And I think some of our programming reflected a little bit of that as well. And I think as our audience has grown up with us and it's gotten older, we have certainly skewed away from that from a programming standpoint in that uh, we really value movement first. And so we, we, we always talk about filling these buckets, right? And we feel the first bucket is you've got to be able to move. You've got to be mobile. And then the second bucket is strength. Um, and then, you know, you, you, cannot build, you cannot build strength on top of poor movement because that's just going to lead to injury. So we're really big on those two. And I think it, it's to us, we swim upstream quite a bit in the fitness, especially group fitness, which is a lot of how sore and sweaty and tired can I make you? which that, you know, nothing against it here and there. It's just not very smart programming. If, if all you're doing is throwing a bunch of movements together to make somebody tired and sweaty and sore. Um, and so we really focused on movement first and, and strength uh, on top of that and conditioning sort of the, the final piece. But, but years ago, I think we were more of that, that sort of let's get them tired, sweaty and sore. Maybe 10 years ago, that's, that's, we looked a lot more like that. So 
again, growing up with the audience, knowing that 30, 40, and 50 year olds, moms and dads need to move well now so they can move well for the next 40 years. That's a big priority for us. Uh, and again, you, you just don't see a lot of that in group fitness now because it's a little bit of, uh, I got to give the people what they think they need, which is we, we got to crush them. Uh, so we, we depart from that. And we do it, and we do a lot of kids stuff too. I think with our kids programming, again, our our philosophy is is more of a keep it simple and and don't start them too young because we see a lot of kids get burned out if they're if they're doing speed and agility training at eight years old, uh, if they're uh, you know specializing in one sport very early. We just see the research shows there's you tend to get more injuries uh, or you tend to burn out, and so our youth athletic program doesn't start till twelve. And again, it's the same thing. It is we got to move well first before we start adding these other things like volume and intensity and load. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think kids in that space is really going to be uh, the the program for us that 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 grows the most. Um, kids is sort of at, at the heart of what we do. It's something I personally enjoy doing the most. Uh, being a coach to my kids, being a coach uh, outside. Like I said, I, I coached high school basketball and track and cross country. So. That, that to me, you know, sort of, sort of in my next 10, 20 years, I see myself going much more into a youth coaching role uh, outside of FitWhip. Well, I love the fact that you have that emphasis on movement and mobility. For those who have tracked with us, I know it was a recent episode where I said talking with this 93-year-old who was so impressive to me when I asked, you know, what the secret to his vitality was, it was keep moving. That was his response. Two words, that was his indication to me of vitality. And the formula for him was simply because he kept moving. And here we have an expert like Josh telling us it is by design and all of us can participate in that. Nick, if we look at your business and you mentioned, and you're right, you, I believe, referred to it as a perceptive question. And I did ask because I knew that it wasn't always a ripe place to be a craft brewer when you looked at the history of the state of Georgia or the greater Atlanta MSA. And yet, because of you and some others, obviously we're in a new day today than what it was a decade ago. And now we look at whether it's 2020 or the fact that you are 10 plus years of age. And I get there's a lot of things in your business that I can just skim the surface on that have to be somewhat fluid. The flavors are gonna change. The consumer preference for what type of flavor is likely to change, just like fashion or anything else that's towards the cutting edge. But as you look at the deeper parts of your business and what you've experienced over the last decade, what is some of that guidance you now have to give to others and as part of your own history that shows being adaptable and being able to make decisions as you go to change things as you go is an important consideration. It, it, it absolutely is, Mike. And adaptability is, I think, paramount for any entrepreneur. If you've got the entrepreneurial sort of urge, which I guess if it's if small business is a theme, then that's gonna that's gonna be a lot of entrepreneurs naturally. Um, there's a little bit of a thriving on the unknown and the um, and the need and enjoyment of dynamic problem solving. Um, you and I talked earlier in the summer about, you know, the first few months of COVID essentially meant every single day reinventing some part of what we're doing. Um, I noticed for me personally that, um, like you talk about a, a really good athlete who, when they get good, like think about an NFL quarterback that like quote, the game slows down and they're able to see it better and understand it better and perform better. 
I actually felt that during um, the beginning months of this where I felt like I was thinking more clearly, making better decisions, being more creative, and, and the, the, the need to make massive adjustments in our business um, I found to be energizing. So, I mean, that's definitely a thing that I've learned is that if, if that sort of energy is not natural for a person, you know, <laughs> entrepreneurship may not be the best move. And, and that's okay. I mean, there are certain people with incredible gifting and, and, and being the bloody tip of the spear and waking up at 4 a.m. a lot, panicking. Um, you know, that just <laughs> comes with being an entrepreneur. And I'm sure everybody on this uh, podcast today knows exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about 4 a.m., which I've heard referred to as the hour of the rat, the hour of the wolf. Um, it's that moment in the middle of the night where just everything seems bad. <laughs> you just <laughs> you're you're being irrational, but it's that's why the rat is in the is there creeping around in your brain. But um, you know, for us, we have definitely had to make like all kinds of adjustments over the years from, as you said, you know, consumer tastes change is something we may personally love may not be what the consumer wants at the moment and vice versa. There are, there are trends right now in craft beer that um, particularly among the most energetic social media active types of craft beer fans um, are not beers that Eric, my partner and I are particularly interested in making. And so at times we have to decide, Hey, you know, how true to who we are do we be versus occasionally dipping our toe into making some things that we're not personally interested in. But, um, you know, Eric has a brilliant line. He says, he goes, Nick, it's not a very good idea to try to make the consumer wrong. And uh, <laughs> I have taken that to heart and I know he has. And so from time to time, we we will make things that we're not personally into. I mean, an example right now is we we make hard seltzer. Um, which interestingly is legal for a brewer to do. It's a different kind of product, but we're allowed to make it. So we make it. We personally don't have interest in drinking it very much, but we have a lot of customers that do. And, you know, it, it just, it, that was a moment where we had to sort of look in the mirror and go, is there a way we can do this? It's authentic to wild heaven. And I think we found a way to do it. Eric makes it organic. And so it's a little higher quality of a product, but, um, Anyway, well, I could go on. I'll, I'll probably stop talking there. Well, what I'm going to do is you you brought up coronavirus. Before I do that, I will do the shout out, especially because of the transparency that came with it. For those of you who are seltzer drinkers, you may not end up sitting next to Nick or me with the same product. But Fanfare is that seltzer from Wild Heaven. Learn more about that at their website and certainly in their tap rooms. If you've not been to their website, Wild Heaven. W-I-L-D, wildheavenbeer.com, and certainly check out Fanfare if you're a seltzer drinker or recommend that to those who you know are drinking that these days, even though, Nick, I'm with you. I'm not sure why somebody would. But you mentioned coronavirus. Here we go, right? It is 2020. Coronavirus, as we tape this, still very much a concern. In fact, some would say maybe more concerning than ever, ever based on statistics that we're seeing now on a daily or somewhat regular basis. And yet at the same time, without being at all insensitive to the pain that has literally come to someone's front door, maybe crashing through that front door and right into their living room, but also wanting to be mindful. You mentioned enthusiasm, certainly that entrepreneurial spirit, Nick, that you referenced. There are also, I believe, going to be some silver linings, not just 
for society, perhaps in general, for some of the things that we've experienced this year, but for individuals and for organizations. Nick, as an organization or perhaps as an entrepreneur, what is maybe a silver lining or perhaps what would be a favorable legacy to a lot of the pain and a lot of the challenge that has been part of your year? I have, I have an answer for that. That is put the pressure on Josh, man, give us a great answer and make it really hard for Josh to follow. (laughs) No, I I actually think our answers are going to be really similar if I have my guess, but I'll tell you this. Uh, think back to the first couple of months, which, you know, that was what, 22 years ago, back in uh, March and April and May. <laughs> I, um, heard, I heard the expression, oh, man, what a year last week was. So, yes, there are yeah. days mm-hmm. that feel that way. But if, you, if you'll recall those first weeks and couple months there, um, when we had so little clarity as to what was OK and we just we all hunkered down and um, it was a really, really strange, strange time. Um, we, you might remember people were loading their refrigerators. Uh, so you were having trouble at the grocery store finding certain items. And there was an immediate call among sort of the the zeitgeist, Hey, support your local bars and restaurants and breweries. You know, they can't be open normally. Please, you know, go get takeout and to go. And, you know, for us as a brewer, we have a version of that. It's come, come pick up, you know, beer from us and take it home to drink it. And so we saw in, um, in April and May, guys, we sold, we had eight times, no, what was, how was the math? April and May combined were equivalent to the eight months prior for our Avondale tap room. That's how much to-go beer people came and got. I think they came and got far more than they could fit in their refrigerators. And I know this because <laughs> they kept asking me, is it okay if I don't keep this cold? I'm, my fridge is full, but we wanted to support you. And we made a couple of beers that got a lot of attention and kind of helped help with that. named one after Dr. Fauci, but Really, what it was is an incredible outpouring of people wanting to come into the tap room, get beer to go. I've seen the inside of more trunks this summer than I've ever seen in my life doing contactless pickup. Um, and, but what, what happened during that time, though, is we built a website that allowed people to, to pre-order their beer and have it ready for pickup, which we had never done before. And over the course of the months, I began to notice a lot of names were, were repeating. And I got to know their faces and I got to say hello to them. And got to build those relationships. And I would say that, you know, after seven or eight months of doing this, we have many, 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 many more close relationships with our our best customers that that support us the most. So the legacy for me is that our relationship with our local communities is much stronger. That's awesome. And obviously, I know that you're incredibly appreciative, like I'm sure Josh is. We're going to get his answer. I know Big Peach Running Company is for that outpouring, not just of support, but quite frankly, interest in our business. How are we doing? What are we doing differently? What are we thinking about that they want maybe either advanced knowledge because they're part of our tribe, part of that market, that community we wish to serve, or they just want to know because even if it doesn't have to do with their respective business, what we're thinking about might have utility in terms of what someone's thinking about with their family or in their own workplace or someplace else because life and work, sometimes we want to deny this, but it is true. There is much that suggests they intermingle quite a bit. Josh, how about for you looking at this year? Yeah. I mean, it's not too dissimilar from what Nick said. I think, you know, the, the, when it first happened, similar to what Nick said, it, it was exciting. I mean, I remember, you know, telling my wife 
this is kind of fun, you know, when, when we had to pivot right away. And so very early on, we adopted this mindset of never waste a crisis, you know, never waste this, this opportunity to actually show people what good leadership looks like. And so way to drop um, the Churchill in there. Nicely done. You know, we, we, we really, uh, yeah, it was, it was just this, this mantra that we adopted to show our folks, um, you know, a, a path forward when people didn't really know what their fitness routine was going to look like. And we, it was, you know, long hours and, and took a lot of work, but I think we were able to further solidify our already loyal, loyal group of fans and, and, you know, loyal members because we, we had a plan and, and we offered a variety of different choices. And again, we, we, we had to pivot every few weeks to, to make sure it worked for everybody. Uh, but I think it only it only uh, served to make people appreciate us even more than they already did. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's been great for us to our, our base is stuck with us. We've we've gotten we've grown actually members since with the shutdown started more tangibly. We were able to do a lot more private training than we've done before because some folks weren't comfortable working out in a group setting, even even though we're outdoors right now. So. Yeah, a lot of silver linings for us, but really just the fact that we looked forward to and we, we really enjoy the process of, okay, people are looking to us for an answer. How, how can we over deliver uh, on their expectations? Well, and over delivering is a way of life. I know it's a way of life for, for both of you and quite frankly should be for all of us. When you think about over delivering from a fitness perspective, Josh, what does that look like? This is where Big Peach Running Company can learn from others in this universe, whether they're retailers or service providers, whether they're in facilities like yours or in leased operations that are retail spaces like Big Peach Running Company. What does that, what does that look like over-delivering as you peer into 2021 to make sure that that theme perhaps that now we're better at today than we were even yesterday. What does over-delivering look like in the world of fitness going forward? Yeah, I mean, outside of COVID, I think for us, it's always been just really, we know fitness for us is a, it's a relationship game. And so mm. there, are, there are thousands of ways to do fitness from, you know, jazzercise to CrossFit to boot camp to spin to, you know, to Peloton at home. And so for us, it, it really is about, what we do in our space is coaching and relationships. Um, the the sure we we care about exercise technique and workout programming, but it really begins and ends with the relationship we have with our members. And so, uh, you know, what what that looks like is is attention to detail in every email we send them, uh, going above and beyond. If you know you, you casually hear somebody's having an issue with their wrist, you you shoot them an email that day with here are some exercises you can do to get out of pain. Um, making sure everybody has access uh, to uh, the, for us specifically, the, the virtual options as well as in-person, uh, indoor, outdoor, thinking, thinking through every single scenario uh, in all fitness levels to make sure everybody's got, uh, got access. And so that, you know, it's, it's much more than showing up for that, that one hour. We, we talk a lot about, you know, best hour of your day. And, and we, we tangibly write down what that looks like when they show up to class from knowing your, your name on day one, right. To saying the name often to smiling to the, you know, how you make them feel a lot of, a lot of the, the things we really care about fall, you know, you, you 
you think it just falls outside of something like an exercise glossary, which tells them how to work out. See, I love that reference to knowing someone's name. That is the thing that whether your business would be considered small or whether somebody considers Big Peach Running Company a small retailer or we hear this phrase in retail a lot, a mom and pop shop, whether someone would say, yes, well, Wild Heaven, it's a small brewery. Yeah, depending on your context, depending on who's doing the comparison, you could use any size reference. But that instruction that not only is good for a business of every size, knowing your guest's name, knowing the names of those you serve and wish to serve, it just comes alive in a local business. And in those local businesses where that's not part of the DNA, I'm not suggesting you should just shop local for the sake of shopping local if the business is not delivering what they need to deliver or not serving you in the way you deserve to be served. But it is items like that that show why keeping these businesses top of mind makes such good sense. Nick, I'm going to set you up with this with still one of my favorite stories from last year. We showed up at the Wild Heaven Tap Room early, of course, to ensure that our 15th anniversary celebration, which included what was nothing more than a glorified group run, but we set it up as a 5K course. And we said there were going to be some fun things along the route. And certainly when everybody finished, tying into what you can do at the Wild Heaven facility there in West End. And I spent most of the morning with sidewalk chalk because I have this fear, the rat in my brain at 4 a.m. was somebody's going to get lost. And I love 30310 as much as anyone. We have an office here. We've got all kinds of plans that we believe we'll be able to announce over the course of the next year or so that very much involve the zip code and us integrating into it. But I also recognize as a business owner that there are parts of 30310 I don't want people lost and not knowing how to get back to Wild Heaven. So literally, I am spending all morning. So I finally get to Wild Heaven. I figure it's probably not a great idea if I fire up an emergency drinking beer at 1015. So I decide not to do that. But what I do observe is Nick putting the sand on recently laid sod most of the time prior to our event beginning. Not sending somebody else to do it, but because he knew that he was going to get it put in place where the grass was going to have a better chance to grow and ultimately be a better place for those he was serving to enjoy friends, family, and his products. And to see an entrepreneur with the scale of operation that had just opened, making sure the sand was in those bare spots or was going to help that grass grow literally and figuratively was so cool for me. So Nick, I know you get what Josh just mentioned and what I'm so passionate about. But let's talk about Wild Heaven and you. What do you see as we look at 2021 and part of the advantage set that the local business now has? You know, thinking about 2021, okay, so we're we're having this conversation here in early, mid-November. We're a week or so after hearing you know, some substantial vaccine news that I think all of us are excited about and optimistic about. But I think all of us have now, again, in the 20 years we've lived in the last eight months, have probably managed expectations as to, you know, any kind of certainty looking forward. Like, you know, say a vaccine is available here in three or four months. Well, how soon does that actually get to a sufficient number of people to where we can run our businesses in ways that look a lot like it did before COVID. None of us know the answer to that question. And so we're still living with uncertainty and we're going to keep living with uncertainty and we're going to 
we're going to be optimistic, but we're going to also err on the side of caution, or at least we are at Wild Heaven. We have felt like it's incumbent upon us to do that. Our motto is serve your neighbor. We try to imbue that both in how we make our products, how we relate to our customers, how we relate to our communities. We try to let that be just something that filters through everything that we do. And one of the interesting things about the craft beer space is that we are held, I think, to a higher standard than most businesses by our communities. Um, they expect from craft breweries a very significant and material community service mindset. And they'll call you on it if they don't see it. And they're very happy to let you know if you're not meeting that expectation on you know, places like social media. The flip side of that is they're fiercely loyal and passionate about you. And so it's a good deal. I'll take that deal. Uh, we're held accountable by our community, but we are deeply supported by our community. Um, and so what that means as we head into 2021 is that we're going to remain as vigilant and on the ramparts watching for threats and protecting our staff first and foremost, and, and then figuring out how best we can, you know, build and grow our business at the same time we're respecting, um, you know, the constraints that are just real right now. And so, I mean, I'd love to tell you a timeline for how, how that's going to look for us. I mean, we have weddings at our, at our West End facility and, you know, we, we did not have any for many months. We've started to have them again in the last few months or last month or two, but they're all a quarter of the size they would have been. And that's just by necessity. And, um, so for me, I think I, the answer to the question is really around, we have to stay in that mindset of, of serving our neighbor and whatever that means today is what we're going to do. And tomorrow that may change. And we're just going to have to live with that. We're all living with that. Well, I love the fact that you brought up that vigilance that is required. And I think I can say this on behalf of Fitwit and Wild Heaven Beer. It's certainly the case at Big Peach Running Company for all of you out there who are guests of ours, who are patrons at Fitwit, who are already big fans of Wild Heaven. You have ideas. Heck, you have constructive criticism or concerns. Gosh, let us know. One of the greatest gifts that we would get is your feedback and some of the commentary that you could offer that maybe we missed or maybe we're not thinking about deeply enough. And certainly we would encourage you to do that with other local businesses as well. All right, of course, this Run ATL podcast, very much a fitness consideration. One of the things I know about both of you, perhaps it's obvious when we think about FitWit, but also your own commitment. These gentlemen, high achievers, you, our audience, high achievers, many, many others who we know the same. Our belief is that similar to the integration we talked about earlier, we know fitness integrates with other parts of your life. We believe the pedestrian active lifestyle is a cornerstone habit where that if you do engage in this lifestyle on a regular basis, whether it has to do with how you treat your family, whether it has to do with your nutrition, whether it has to do with your sleep, whether it has to do with goals you set for yourself, they're all going to be better if this cornerstone habit is firmly in place. But let's talk to a couple of people who just like us have a lot going on. Eric or Nick, what I know about you and thinking about some of the stories I've heard with, with you and Eric, knowing you guys have built this from the ground up, but then that you've had time to even design your own workouts that maybe some weeks look better than others. But at the same time, fitness is part of your makeup each month that goes by. How has fitness and taking care of yourself 
made you better, whether as an entrepreneur or just in general? Well, I mean, I, I feel like I should talk a very short amount of time with Josh here to, to really teach us. <laughs> well, that's that, why but... I let him go second on this one. This might be that one opportunity where following <laughs> you is in his favor. Absolutely. Well, most of what I know, I learned from Josh anyway. So I was a a longtime customer and client of Fitwit. Eventually, decided to uh, to do our stuff at our at our house, and so um, have a have a workout partner. And we get up every morning, and somebody texts the other one at seven a.m. with just two letters in, and the other person texts back in, and it's just that accountability, and it's worked really great for us. But. I mean, I, look, guys, I'm in the beer business. Um, a slow day of, of, of basically not having any beer looks like two beers for me, which for a lot of other people would seem like a lot. And so um, you can't be 49 years old and drinking, you know, a couple of dozen beers a week um, and expect to maintain any kind of healthy situation if you're not exercising. So for me, it's out of pure professional necessity. To, but it's also a desire to live an active, healthy lifestyle, to be strong and and able to move as i age i've got four kids myself and they're they're all aging and i can't wait for the you know for those days where i'm playing with their kids and i i look forward to being in great shape for that and my wife is the same way and we we both value fitness a lot and and um you know i think there's obviously the mental health aspects that come with it there's the you know the personal discipline that just comes from developing a good habit and that filters out into other areas of life and um I mean, it's all cliche stuff right there, but, uh, but at least for me personally, I know that if I stop exercising that I'm going to, I'm going to put my health at very significant risk. Well, it's not cliche without substance when it's coming from someone who is living it out and has reason to do so. So I, I love that. Josh, obviously similar to those of us at Big Peach Running Company, we're fully ingrained, but I'm not giving away a huge secret when I could tell you that at some point in our 16 years, we've had people who have had motivational issues of staying connected to the lifestyle or perhaps have fallen out because of injury. And then it's just that much harder to get reconnected. So it is a process that we repeat over and over and over, even for those of us in the industry. How about for you? What is it that your own fitness routine delivers to the other aspects of your life and still to this day is important to you? Uh, you know, it's just ingrained in, in, it's been ingrained in, in what I do since I've been 10 years old, you know? Um, and then when, when you become an athlete, uh, and, and you participate in sports, it is just what you do. And it's, you know, for me, it's, is it's like brushing my teeth, you know, it's, um, having the, the discipline every day to just to, to maybe not every day to work out, but, um, to, build it into the, the fabric of your lifestyle, um, just makes it so much easier. Um, so yeah, I, I, and I've basically done the same things, even in like the workout structure I do, it's, it's basically the same workout I've been doing since I was, uh, uh in college, you know, decathlete in college. Uh, so for me, it's, uh, yeah, the mental clarity, it's, it's staying, strong and and being mobile and being able to move well into my eighties and nineties. Um, but yeah, it is, I guess more than anything, it's just what I do, (laughs) uh, and what our family does, you know, if our family, all of our kids play sports, uh, you know, we, we take being active very seriously and, and, um, not that my kids are, are out there training every day, but it is things like we walk places, we, we get out and we get sunshine, we play together. Um, and that's something I want to be doing uh, again for the next 40 or 50 years. 
Well, the cool thing is not only will you be doing it, that is my utmost confidence, you will also be sharing it and influencing others to do it. And that's what we wanted to do today. I'm going to let you guys have a quick last word, maybe a thank you as we celebrate what is known as Small Business Saturday as what I put on a pedestal, local business, and the fact that it matters. Josh, just as a final word on what FitWit has meant to you and now obviously what looking into the future you know it can mean for others, what would you just say to the marketplace, those you're already serving, those who you hope to have the opportunity in the near future and why you're so confident that this business is going to make a difference? Yeah, like, like I said earlier, our, our members are have been fiercely loyal and they've been tremendous and, and we're really uh, we're really very good because of them, the, the type of people we attract. And um, we say thank you often to our members. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, I'm confident in, in the future for us. I'm confident in uh, the community that has supported us uh, through this pandemic. Uh, we'll be there on the other side of it. And, and it's, you know, for us, Personally, it's just going to be an amazing time to actually use this new space we've built out in Oakhurst. You know, we, we in March, right when the pandemic hit, we built out 10,000 square feet uh, for it's literally a, play, a playground. You know, there's there's 4,000 square feet of turf and there's rings and there's there's ropes and there's a ninja climbing wall for the kids. Um, and so we're just really, really excited for the opportunity to actually use this space, because right now most of our programming is done outside in the parking lot. So. Uh, yeah, we're stoked for that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to, to meet new folks in the community that we haven't served before. And, and yeah, we just we owe a debt of gratitude to the folks that stuck with us uh, for the last seven, eight months. Um, but yeah, stoked, stoked for the future. Very cool. I love that phrase, debt of gratitude. We do indeed. For those who have not already done so, you'll find this in the show notes, fitwit.com. Check them out in Oakhurst. They're at 630 East Lake Drive. Easy, easy access. Decatur, Avondale, Lake Clare, Edgewood, communities in that direction. Get on your bike or go for a walk or run. Check them out. Nick, same thing for you, my friend. What's the message that you would leave with us and say to the market, both as a sense of appreciation and looking forward? Well, you you are, as always, are so on point, Mike. Um, recently, we have been saying to our customers how grateful we are for the incredible support they've shown us during the, the crisis. And frankly, we're really lucky to have two huge patios one at each of our locations. And we've been, as everybody here knows, blessed with really freakishly good weather <laughs> since, since the so pandemic true. began. I mean, here it is the second weekend of November, and it's going to be 70 again. And you know, that's kind of saved our bacon in some ways. I mean, we've got a lot of space for people to come hang out. And I've actually noticed during the pandemic that going to a brewery seems to be the sort of thing some people consider like kind of all you can really do. Like it's sort of fun. I mean, not sort of fun. It's definitely fun, but it, it feels safe. It's open. It's not going and sitting at a inside of a you know closed in restaurant or bar. And so we've just had extraordinary support that's been very, very life giving and allowed us to not lay anybody off yet. But I got to tell you, and you ask, you know, looking forward, well, looking forward, it's about to get cold and it's, mm -hmm. it's just going to be cold for a while. And when you're when a significant portion of, of your business is in, is very weather dependent uh, in a way that it had never has been before, um, because we can't have huge crowds inside of our spaces and we're not going to risk that. Um, we're kind of worried for the winter. And so we've got, you know, plans in place to have a lot of firewood on hand and We've got great fire pits at our locations and we've got some heaters and all that kind of stuff. And 
you know, we're just hoping that people uh, this winter might be willing to sit outside in temperatures that typically they wouldn't choose to, knowing that that support through the winter is going to be really important. And not just for Wild Heaven, for any local business that you could eat or drink at that's been, you know, really emphasizing their outside seating. I can just tell you that maybe you don't like to sit outside in 45 degrees and most of the time you wouldn't do that. And we, I probably wouldn't either, but, but maybe this year we'll all kind of do that a little bit more uh, as a way to help help us kind of get over what, what hopefully is this last big hump to get into the other side of this. Wow, what a great reminder and it'd be shameless, but I'm going to do it anyway. Plenty of attire that has recently landed a big peach running company that 45 degree <laughs> weather, it still feels comfortable when you have these things on. But Nick, that's an awesome reminder for all of those who were so generous and came out and supported local businesses who put those orders in, who stocked their refrigerators early on. This is going to be that new way to say, I care about you. I am here to support you because that's what you've done for this community. Think about that. Enjoying my personal favorite, an ode to mercy while sitting outside when it is 40 or 45 degrees or perhaps even lower than that because it does matter for sure. Again, Small Business Saturday, November 28th. We'll be here before you know it. If you're listening to this on the back side of that, don't make it just a day. It is absolutely something that carries forward every single day. Local businesses, they so very much appreciate and need your support, your feedback, and your patronage on behalf of everyone at Big Peach Running Company, Fitwit, Wild Heaven, and Beers, and other uh, types of businesses in fitness and in craft beers that I will not mention. Thank you so very much for doing so. D2, we're going to take a brief break. Thank you very much, Josh and Nick. We appreciate you guys so very much. You are friends to this community for sure. And we'll be right back after this message. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast D2. We need to do more of that where we just get people we're already familiar with, fans of before the conversation starts, and of course, that are here locally with us. I love the fact that we get guests now literally from all over the world, and yet at the same time, it is so cool to see things that are homegrown. Yeah, and I mean it's interesting because as big as Atlanta is, there is um, you know it's it's surprising at how how we connect connect with other businesses and other people because I was familiar with Fitwit from several years ago. I ended up doing a a running form class with them. I knew one of their coaches, um, and you know same thing with Wild Heaven. We partner up with them for our 15 year anniversary, and we've supported them. They're one of our favorite you know big brewers. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of cool to have all that, and I didn't know that they were even connected, that they were even friends to begin with. So it's interesting what that kind of the, in this community, as big as Atlanta is. It's a very small community once you start getting into that, you know, the running and the fitness-minded, you know, uh, community. The fitness is alive and well. The entrepreneurial spirit, alive and well. Again, thanks for being part of what makes that so true in and around the Atlanta area. Again, Saturday, Day, November 28th. Go out and support those local businesses. Thanks for doing so all year long, making that a lifestyle, not just a day. We're not going to give you tremendous detail here. 
leave you with a term, peachy bucks. That will be part of something we kick off the traditional holiday season. We'll do that as we get into that weekend that includes Small Business Saturday. It is our time now to be able to say goodbye. We will see you again very soon. Only two weeks separates our next conversation and our opportunity to come back together as a community. D2 already knows this. We're going to let you in on the in our featured conversation next episode. Samia Akbar, the fastest American-born black marathoner to this date. She gives us much to think about. It's an awesome conversation. Always relevant and super timely d2 looking forward to that as always i appreciate everything you do for this broadcast yep i mean i love it as well awesome so much for this episode thanks again to nick and to josh and to all of you and of course we'll look forward to seeing you in just a couple of weeks like we always say like we certainly mean between now and then may your best miles be those covered on foot 